Hello, everyone. This is Eric Pennington, and welcome to the Spirit of EQ podcast. We're glad that you've tuned in. A few things we wanted to tell you at the beginning of the show, and that's this podcast was created to be a tool to help you, primarily to discover and grow your EQ. Science and our own lived experiences confirm that the better we are at managing our emotions, the better we're going to be at making decisions, which leads to a better life. And that's something we all want. We're glad that you've taken out the time today to listen and hope that something that you hear will lead to a breakthrough. Hey, one last thing. We'd really appreciate a review on whichever platform you use to listen. And if you want to, leave some comments about what you heard today, as well as follow and subscribe. That way you won't miss a single episode as we continue this journey. And with that, the show begins. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Spirit of EQ podcast. My name is Eric Pennington with the Spirit of EQ, and I'm so glad that you've joined us today. Absent from the show today is Jeff East. He's a little under the weather, so we wish him well. But I'm so excited today because we have back with us again, Leanne Lander. Um, many of you will remember Leanne, because I know this because I've looked at the data. She was on our top podcast episode for 2021. We had a great conversation around creativity and art, and we quite frankly ran out of time. We said we need to do a part two, and here we are in December of 2021, and she's been so gracious to come back and stir the creative juices again with us. So Leanne, welcome back. Thanks so much for having me. So Leanne, just to refresh the audience, tell, tell them a little bit about what you do, who you are, that kind of thing, and then let's jump into some great conversation. Yeah. Uh, first and foremost, I'm a mom, and I am also a lifelong student and conduit of creativity. Mm. And that that covers a lot. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and recently, I realized one of my most important jobs is um, resisting um, unproductivity. Mm. I'm a fighter of resistance. <laughs> wow how's that going for you <laughs> it's a daily battle yeah i'm telling yeah, you absolutely absolutely yeah. all right so um you know as the amount of time has passed by you know I, i've been thinking about well what do we want to talk about and and how to where we go and, and there's a lot i want to cover today but um i think Toward the end of the last episode where we had you on, we started talking about noble goals. And uh, unfortunately, Jeff's not here to kind of illuminate a bit about from his perspective. But I kind of want to start there, if that's okay. Um, and I've been shifting a bit on what my noble goal is, and I want to share that with you. I haven't shared that with you, so it's, it's going to be a surprise. I'm so ho hopefully it'll be good. I sprung it on a group uh, on Monday of this week uh, in a session, and it, it seemed... Uh, for me, because it is a personal thing, it seemed to it seemed to flow, seemed to resonate. So, um, let's think about the role of a noble goal, and and you know it's sort of that, and I, I'll butcher the official term and definition of it, but it does have a lot to do with your purpose. the The why are you here? What do you What are you pursuing that's bigger than yourself? And what do you think of that as it relates to creativity and even productivity, for that matter? I think that is 
the hardest question for a lot of people to answer for themselves. Mm. And I think that's also most the most important one that everyone's searching for, for themselves. Do you find, and I'm, I'm cutting you off, but do you find that uh, they are, that many people feel like they need to have that answer? Like if somebody says, so what are you here for? Or what's your purpose? They feel like, well, I got to have, I got to give them something. I completely think they have to have it. But here's the thing is, I feel like some people search so hard their whole life for it and it's right under their nose because they're looking for something that's in someone else or their noble goal is so natural to them and innate. It's it's almost invisible to them and they take it for granted. And because it's not something like, oh, you know, a major athlete or, you know, something really like that sounds impressive. What if their noble goal is they organize really well and they help other people be organized and they take that for granted because it's kind of sounds boring. Right. Because of maybe the potential comparison to the dogma of the world around them. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so it's a bummer because I see so many people who have their noble goal is um, to them mundane, mm-hmm. but to me, someone who can organize, I am so excited about that <laughs> right. and get them over to my house right away, right. please. Yeah. You know, that kind of stuff. So um, I think sometimes we look too hard for our noble goals and we're shooting too far yeah. or high and we miss what makes us unique. So here's what's interesting uh, for me, as you mentioned that um, this was just before Thanksgiving. My daughter was home from school and I'm not sure how it came up, uh, but she I must have said something that prompted her to go down this road, but she said that she had a friend that she really thinks should talk to me. She should really talk to you. Ooh, dad. that's important. When a, when your daughter comes to okay. you and says something like that. Okay, well, and this is Leanne, I, I'm- My compliment. I, yeah, right. Well, thank you for that. And I did not, that was not what went through my mind when she said it. I kind of looked at her. I'm going to go, well, why should she talk to me? What does she want to talk to me about? And she said, well- She's like you, Dad. She's a real creative thinker. But her mom told her like a few weeks ago that to kind of put a halt to some plans she had because nobody thinks like you. You're not like, and I, and Leanne, my, just my heart was like, oh yeah, gosh, it just have sucks. her call me right now. Yeah. And my daughter's view was it would help her understand that she's not alone, that, right. that there's nothing wrong, there, that, that there are other people that think like her. Yeah, and someone like you know, it's almost like you got to get those paddles out and like you're going to have to like restart yeah, her creativity and right. like yeah, cuz don't you, let that die. Yeah, don't <laughs> yes, that's exactly it. Do not let that die. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you should love your mom. Right. However, oh, absolutely. it's like, "Mom, thank you for your opinion. I'm still going to be who I am." Right. And, and and I get it, the pressure of younger people who are in their early 20s. I mean, there, there's so much coming at them. But the one thing that I thought about within that is there really is kind of this battle going on for the heart of all of us, right? Because I I can remember when I discovered that, hey, Eric, yeah, this is you, man. And I remember looking at that right underneath my nose. And then I did the look around thing. Of course. And and then, but Leanne, I could see family, the corporation, the career, all kind of looking very suspect. You know, if you can imagine someone who has their hand on their chin and kind of has a furrowed brow as if 
I'm not so sure about this. Right. And it, and, and I'm sure many people can relate of when you, you kind of cave to that. So what I did at that first encounter was to go, yes, I see it, but let me put that in the box and we'll find that drawer and you need to stay there. And then one day I'm going to come back and I'll open that drawer up again. Now, here's what's interesting. Um, I did open up the door again, um, or the drawer, I'm sorry, but it was through the catalyst of, of pain and loss that got me there. Because I think when we experience loss, and it doesn't have to just be as in a loss of a, a from death, but just loss of some sort, mm-hmm. it does sensitize us to what's really important. And then you start to kind of go, is that career? Is that family dogma? Is that corporation really mm. intricately a part of me? Turns everything upside down when something like that happens. Yeah, it's because a whole you different then, filter you then, and lens. Then you start to you get into a search mode, mm-hmm. and and I think when I heard about this friend of my daughter's, I'm going, and and I got to be careful because I can't do it for her. Absolutely. When, when I talk to her, I would just say mm-hmm. like what you just said: do not let go of it. Do not let go of it. Whatever you do, hold on to it, because that's where all of the gold is found. And it's also important to know for her, mm-hmm. um, and. And anyone in this situation that's seen, catching the hint of your noble goal or your, yep. even your creativity that is a little scary. Um, mm-hmm. People who may try to persuade you against that are not always coming at, like to your point, love your mom, because it's not out of a place of like, hey, you're not, hey. You're worthless. You're, you're yeah, yeah, yeah. This, you're not good enough for that. It's more like it's a fear place. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, a mom thinking- you got to eat. <laughs> yes, right. What are you doing? What are, what are you thinking? That's yeah. a little unstable. Yeah. Like, yeah. what? how's that going to be a job? You know, and so uh, taking that into consideration and, you know, and giving that, you know, a place, because yeah. that's that's a true thing, um, but also just not letting it completely derail you or turn it into seg- negative talk that tells you you're worthless, you're not, you know, you're not creative. And um, because- that is the war I'm talking about. Ah, yes. The um, war of art. The war of art and the resistance yeah. of this creativity and, and creativity in any endeavor that you're doing. Yeah. Uh, entrepreneurship, uh-huh. um, you know, in the art world, in the music world, um, in, any, in any world, even if you're a, a doctor or a lawyer or anything like that, if you're going down a little bit different of the not traditional path in yeah. these areas. Yeah. That's creativity. Yeah. And it's scary because there may not be a written roadmap for that. Right. And that's when you're going to get people with the hairy eyebrow looking at you like, yeah. uh, what you talking about, Willis? Yeah, right, right. <laughs> and, and for those of you in the audience, you can't uh, see this because we're not on video. The uh, Leanne brought a copy of The War of Art with her from Jean, is it Pressman? It's uh, Stephen Pressfield. Stephen Pressfield. Sorry, I butchered that, um, which is a great book. Highly recommend it. Um, just a really, it, it, you, if nothing else, you'd appreciate just how great of a writer he is. But the, the story is really powerful around those who are in, and we're going to talk more about who's really creative and how, how is it applied. So I'm going to spring it on you and for the audience. My, I had a noble goal from 
probably three years ago. And I've been thinking more in terms of, is it really the same now? Is it applicable? And that's the great thing about a noble goal. It doesn't, it's not like some cemented thing that must stay forever. That's right. Right. And it takes different forms at different times. Oh yeah, absolutely. So um, one of the refrains that I had uh, given to uh, a group some time ago, and it was kind of just this, okay, I need to explain this. What am I doing? Why am I doing it thing? And I just said to them very quickly, I'm pouring out what God has poured in. And that's my noble goal, to pour out what God has poured in. Mm. For me, it's a very simple thing because it allows me to just kind of do what, and we've talked about it. It's that modal jazz, that that Miles Davis, John Coltrane. Okay, we got talented people together. Something wonderful happened when you assemble talented people. So for me, it's kind of like Leanne. Today, I'm pouring out what's been poured into me, and I need it to be that simple. My, my, yes. my, my noble goal previously, it was even a little complex for me to kind of wrap my head around. Right. You know, it was, it was almost one of those things like, yeah, it is that, and okay, but I'm, yeah, okay, well, that would work. This one is like three notes, boom, boom, boom. Right? That's when you know you're really getting to the heart of it, see? Because yeah, yeah. because that's the complexity is us trying to add some kind of value or like <laughs> it's good. really an important yeah. thing. This is my, you know, yeah. like to say is noble okay. goal. I mean, We're going on be... in three, two, <laughs> one. <laughs> right. yeah. And so to distill that down to the simplistic to the simplistic form that you just did, actually yeah. that's maturity and growth and that's, well, it's thank you. Wise of you because it shouldn't really be complex. It should be so simple. Yeah. It sounds a little bit ridiculous. And you know what, um, Leanne, I I could have uttered those words 15 years ago because you know they, they it would have sounded good. It would have been oh that's cool, but I had the I, I could not live that. Yeah. And I think I'm at a place now in my life. Yeah. And and I mentioned this yesterday in the session. Um, more of my life now as it relates to succeeding is about letting go versus yeah. grasping, amassing, pursuing. Um, and this is coming from a guy, and we, we talked a little bit about the corporate world last time you were here. I mean, I was one of those folks mm -hmm. who I was laser on it. This is the future. This is this is what we do. This is how we do it. Yeah, and you were good at it. And I was good at it, right? And then you know, that empty core that was left and you're kind of going, that sounds great, Eric, but you don't like it. Right. You know, it sounds great, but you, this doesn't, this isn't a fit for you. And I think um, now I'm able to, you know, and I, I come back to these Miles Davis analogies. If Jeff were here, he'd, he'd roll his eyes. It's just what I loved about him was his ability to take the simplicity of a note and make it be everything they could be because I, I, I kind of connect it back to what you're saying about that noble goal is right underneath our nose. It's, it's there. And it's, it's just like a, we sometimes associate it with being this long trek into some future place or some big, you know, and the reality is it's, it's what are your notes? And when you find your note, it'll take care of itself. It's a simple simple melody yeah. and yeah. um you know um i'm 
I'm a huge music fan too. Yes, I remember that. And yeah. um, there's this real simple melody uh, from Tom Petty, "Good to Be King." And as it's, in king versus queen, <laughs> is it good to be king? Good to be king. Oh wow! And the melody is so simple, and it's I mean, it's not a complex melody, but it's one of those melodies that you can play, especially if you're a musician. These chords feel good in your hands, no matter what instrument you're playing, and it's like in in the those chords need to go on forever. Like the, you can literally play them for 20, 30 minutes and not get bored of it. And so I can tell you when I saw him in concert and he played that song, they played that part that I'm talking about right. for 20 minutes. I'm not kidding. And oh I, I I was in heaven. I could not tell you like I, I was losing my mind because, but I was also transported somewhere because I'm like, they get it. I get it. Like we're, I mean, like this is this very simple course that just needs to be given the the space yeah and you know the time to be adored because uh it and that's kind of similar to what you're saying right it doesn't have to be yeah all these sharps and minors right. and real changes of, of uh signature time and the whole yeah. right and look what i can do yeah you know like almost um we try to put that impressive thing on it to say Look, world, this is where I'm at. Yeah. And this is how important I am. But yeah. really, when it comes down to it, who we really are, and surprisingly, what the world is most impressed with is is that simplistic, um, yeah. yeah, totally quieter, mm. authentic thing that we really are. And yeah. we we think is so boring. Again, we, we just kind of like, oh my gosh, this is it. This well, is, I mean, this is who I am. I'm, yeah, my noble goal, it's just not impressive, you know, but when you finally get to the place where you don't need that and you don't need all the bells and whistles and the impressiveness because you start hearing it, it resonates in your soul Yeah, and all the noise is gone. And you're just like, Hey, that, that is me. And this and is you know what, what I'm going to tell the world. Uh, Leanne, um, and for our audience, um, and I'm sure we have some folks who are very analytical in nature um, and maybe are going... Well, that sounds nice and flowery, and then you guys are nice and safe in your little studio <laughs> talking about. But I want to tell you, this becoming is hard work, mm -hmm. and it takes a lot of it. And I'll again, I'll use my analogy from music. Most of the great musicians, they work their tails off to learn their craft. It may appear like it's effortless to you as you're an audience member. But you got to remember what's behind that. So this is not us today saying, well, you know, if you just kind of set yourself in a nice, serene spot, it'll probably come to you in about 10 minutes. And then you're good. You've got your noble goal and life will just unfold in front of you. No, there are twists. There are turns. There's ups. There's downs. There's heartache. There's, there's frustration. There's times where you want to walk away from the noble goal. But that's all a part of the ingredients that go into making it. And Totally true. And I think the other thing is the noble goal appears maybe as something else. So, like, mm. I, um, I know you're a big Neil Peart fan, and I am too. Yeah. yeah. I, I, oh, yeah. I'm going to say that I was kind of raised on Neil Peart because his lyrics and his his life example, the way he lived his life, yeah. was like he was a mentor in every facet mm. of the way. And we look at him and we think – Drumming is his noble goal, but you and I know his noble goal was way bigger and deeper than that. He is a lifelong student. I, I was just on the way thinking, can you imagine? Because Neil is the 
in my point, arguably best drummer in the world. Yep. Yep. He certainly would be in that category. But he still was taking lessons in his mm -hmm. last years, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just thinking, like, can you imagine being the teacher? <laughs> like, I'm going to go teach Neil first. Yeah, Anything? I was going to say, I'd be a little intimidated teaching you, Neil, right? But how cool is that, though? Because he knew the greater thing is that, I mean, of course, he's he's probably the greatest drummer, but there's still other methods to learn. Yeah. And so his noble goal was something way deeper than just drumming. Drumming was a, a huge part and maybe an, a result of his discipline, mm -hmm. his lifelong student mentality, yeah, and um, his quest for expressing knowledge mm -hmm. or something, you know, it was something, something much. I would love to hear from him what he, you know, what his noble goal was, because I'm only guessing. Oh yeah, as, what as it only yeah, yeah could have been, yeah. but you he know, was a searcher. You know, it's interesting you mentioned that about that the drumming um, was not the central, was not the 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 key piece, right? So um, I'm a big fan of Pat Metheny, um, and just a fabulous guitar player. And um, I remember in his younger years, if you'd read an interview with him, he was very much the technician. Well, this is just a function of A plus B, C, or whatever, right? But I, I watched an interview with him and Ron Carter, and the interview was from 2021, so oh, wow. real recent. And, and Metheny is now, he, he's much further along in time. And he said to him that now he looks at music as more of the envelope and mm. not, and not the, 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 the packet, not what's in the package. And I remember when I heard him say that, I'm going, whoa, that's not a technician talking. Mm. I love it. That's somebody who's discovered that you might think that that A minor seventh was about making sure it's an A minor seventh, but could it be that the A minor seventh chord is to get you to see something that maybe you hadn't seen before. Absolutely. Um, so to that, hey, I want to pivot. So this idea of um, the noble goal, I think connects really very much into the idea of creativity. Um, because I know in some of the sessions we've done with groups, organizations, and even with individuals, there is sometimes this um, stunted approach, right? You know, where there's this idea that I've got to sit at home on a Saturday morning with my notepad and I got to figure out what my noble goal is, or I've got to <laughs> ask somebody, what am I good at? What do you think? And I think sometimes that can be, what can be missed is the the, the need to have creativity in that search and the development of it, which certainly is a note to self as I think about you know, some of the offerings that we have. So Leanne, off the air, we'll talk some more about that. Um, but it's this idea of creating an environment for creativity, right? So uh, what? how can creativity maybe help someone in their development, their search for their noble goal? And then I'm going to talk about some of your thoughts about the role of creativity in 2021. So from that, is creativity a necessary thing, you think, in creating a noble goal? I think creativity <clears throat> is the baseline of humans. So, mm -hmm. um, and what I mean by that is creativity sets us apart from instinct. So we're not wolves. You know, wolves go on instinct and they, right. they know what they've got to do and yep. it's bred in them 
as far as we know, I, I'd love to talk to a wolf. Oh, I'd right. like to know because yeah. there might be some creativity in there as well. But I'm I get that the instinctual that. thing that <clears throat> it's time to hunt. That's it's right. It's time to rest. That's it's right. It's time to hunt. It's time to rest. That kind of thing. Right. Um, we are gifted with something called creativity. And, and like it or not, we all have the capacity to tap into that. Right. And it's an available resource. And, and the good news is there's no exhaustion of it. And you can actually learn how to hone in on that. There's there's ways to do that. Can so, I stop you there? Because yeah. I'm going to go selfish. So you said it, it, it it's not it's an inexhaustible resource for us. Yeah. Okay. Um. So I boy, I got to be careful because there's so many rabbit holes, and I love talking with <laughs> I you. Know, that, that's the so, problem with creativity, I, right? <laughs> Right, right, right. You're living it out. So I have been working on my next book, and um, I know my process, and I, I have all these arguments with myself, and I'll, I'll get up, and I'll look at it and say, no, I don't want to touch it now. It's not right. I'm, I mean, it's, mm -hmm. and it's my process, and I'm, and I'm good with it. But the other night, I mean, I, I had set out to say, you know what, I, I'm going to take the bird by bird approach, right? You know, I don't know if you've heard of that. Uh, it, it's it's from a book. I think it's called Bird by Bird. Um, but mm -mm, the, the, the idea of it is just write something. Mm, just mm -hmm. just just write something. Yeah. But for the audience, if you're not familiar with bird by bird, that phrase, it comes from this book where the, the, the author's son um out of nowhere, he runs out of time, and he's trying to finish up this project at school. And it, the the project was around naming all these species of birds. And he was like, oh, Dad, I'm not going to be able to get it done. I mean, I, I don't have enough time, and what am I going to do? And he responds to his son, well, it's bird by bird, son. <laughs> and it hit him. Yes, because you right. can't do 3,000 birds at right, once. Right, right, right. So what I have, you know, when you said that it's an inexhaustible resource for me, for others, right, I think to myself, I, I'm learning more and I'm, I'm curious more about, okay, well, where are those pockets of times when I can, I can tap into that resource? What might be blocking me from going to that inexhaustible? It encourages me, it encourages me a great deal when you say it's inexhaustible, and, but it's like, okay, and this may be a, another show, but grabbing that at the time that you that you want to find it. Mm. So I'm going to throw that out. And if I've totally taken us off into another <laughs> realm, I'm sorry. But when you said that, but let, let's stay focused because <laughs> the audience would appreciate if we do stay focused here. So you were saying that it's inexhaustible. It's available to us, all of us. So continue on with that thought. Well, you've kind of covered a lot um, the concept of it. Um, it's a lot about discipline and resisting our distractibility. Okay. Okay. So, and it covers, uh, Stephen Pressfield talks a lot about that in The War of Art because the problem is we, as creatives, mm -hmm. um, we can get off on tangents just like we did, the rabbit hole. And, and it's real tempting to kind of go off track. Yeah. Because there are so many areas of creativity, and, and even writing a book and authoring a book is a great example. Because you know you you start down this thing, but then maybe a, another idea comes to you, and you know, do you listen to that, or mm -hmm. do you is it to be weaved into the book, or do you um, stop what you're doing? You know, there's a lot of choices every yeah. every little choice, but um, it really does just comes down to learning how to 
identify the distraction and fighting through it and being disciplined enough. And this is my battle right now. And that's why I said I'm a mm-hmm. fighter of resistance because I'm really working through this myself right now. Yeah. And, um, oh gosh, I should know the, uh, it's like inspiration will find you, but we'll, 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 inspiration will happen, but it has to find you working. It's Ooh. one of the famous artists. Oh my gosh. And everyone out there, everyone out there is going to kill <laughs> oh, me. I'm sorry. Whether you butchered that quote or not, Leanne, that's a money <clears throat> quote. It's, um, Picasso, I believe. Said okay. That. But it, it is, it's all about doing it. And, yeah. Because a lot of times, here's our crutch with creativity people, um, creative people. We think, oh, I'll just, I got to do it when I'm on the whim or when it strikes me and when I feel creative. It doesn't work that way, people. I mean, luckily, sometimes it does. Yes, right, right, right. But the the bigger problem is you have to um, be disciplined and you're like, I'm going to go, I'm going to do this and I'm going to carve time out. And what happens time and time again, and I'm sure you've experienced that as well, is if you make that decision, you're going to, this is my time to do that. You you get into it and those, it starts happening. You know, there are roadblocks. Sometimes you just sit there and you have yeah. the blank and, and, you know, you're fighting to this blank, well, but Leanne, there's a place I, for creativity there too. Yeah. And here's the thing. And, and let's not, I don't want to let that go, but, but it's funny that the other night I was talking about uh, our washer went south on us. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to figure out what's going on. I mean, why isn't it where I'm pulling out the manual. And then I start thinking clock's ticking, Eric, uh, you, right, right, clock's right. ticking. And I'm thinking, and initially Leanne, what I said, you know what? This is tonight. It's not going to be the night. So I'm frustrated by the washer, you know, and then I'm going, Oh my gosh, we just bought the thing in 2021. Why is it now? Blah, blah, blah. And time is ticking. And then I'm back in my office and there's my screen. Mm-hmm. And I go, damn it, I'm going to write something. Mm-hmm. And I just, and I said, I'm not going to measure how much. I'm just going to write something that's, that's right. on, my, on my mind. Dump it out. Dump Ugh. it out. And I put it in. And one of the challenges that I have is twofold. One, that inner critic says, oh, you suck. <laughs> You're not that of good. Of course. You're yes. not any good at this. I don't know why. Who do you think you, you are? You got lucky. <laughs> you got lucky. That's all it was. It was luck. And then I have the other part of me that has a very orderly mindset. You know, for me, just writing about, and I'm driven by stories, right? And then I'll go, if I put this in here, well, wait a minute, doesn't I, don't doesn't these other areas need to be edited first before? Yeah, and then I'm starting to realize, no, it doesn't. You just need to get this out. Get out. You get it out. You get it out. That's right. Um, and that's really important because I'm also um, writing a book right now. I've, I've finished oh, one. Applause. Oh, right, right, right. Welcome to the tribe. <laughs> I know. To say that, though, is a whole different story than actually bringing <laughs> no, it to life. To- totally so good. I say it almost like, okay, I've said it to the world now. I'm going to have to kind of come through. I put it out there in the world. Yeah, we'll, but- we'll be getting a lot of emails. <laughs> Where is Leanne on the book? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. I mean, I finished one and I'm illustrating one. It's a children's book. But then okay. there's this other book that, I mean, and let's just talk about the creative process right now for a minute because it just blew my mind how this book came to me, this idea. Okay. Because I think books and songs and all these different ideas, they come to us in different ways. And and I want to um, just talk about this one thing that happened to me the other day. Last yeah. week, I'm having lunch. I'm talking to my husband. We're like just having lunch. Unexpectedly, I go into labor with this book, okay? And I say labor because... It's like my my water broke and everything right there in the middle of the restaurant. <laughs> this 
this book idea started like downloading on, and I'm just telling him about it as it's coming to me. It's almost like I am not, I'm not the creator of this. It's almost like a muse was whispering in my ear and like this humongous idea started developing and unfolding and I'm telling him about it. And he's like, he's like, I, I'm not sure what's going on right now, but I think you probably need to go home and write all this stuff down. down. So, uh, and then, you know, it was hours before I was able to get, you know, back home and it was in the evening before I could actually write it down. But all the while, these ideas have been like continuing to, you know, come through in these waves. So I wrote down and did just exa exactly what you said. I just dumped it all. I honestly felt like I was vomiting yes, out. Yes, yes, very like, much. That's, yes, that's, a, that's, yeah, mad, mad on the keyboard. And then like you think you're done and then I'm like, oh, I'm not, I'm yeah, not right, done right. yet. I got, I got more, <laughs> yeah. you know, and you just, you, you have to dump it all out without, without editing, without stopping yourself and without, to your point, trying to tie it back. Like if I put another point down, like I was just writing all the premises of this book and this world and all these yeah. universes that are coming together. You can't, I mean, you just got to kind of be um, a, I don't know, what do you call it? A conduit. Yeah. You're a conduit. And I think with a good measure of relentlessness, right? I mean, the, right. The, the, this, this idea that um, I'm, I'm not going to stop here. That's right. Yeah. Until I get it all out. Yeah. Now, I know things happen in life and maybe, you know, like, especially if you're a mom and you're going to interrupt it, that's really, really hard. Yeah. But I, the one thing is just if those ideas come and when they come and they'll come at the most annoying times, you're going to be in the shower. Mm -hmm. You're going to be in bed all cozy and warm and you don't want to have to get out and like, yeah. you know, write that idea down. But I promise you, if you don't, that idea, you'll think, oh, I'll remember that in the morning. And you won't. I've had it happen. And yeah. and then I feel like I wasn't a good steward of that muse. So, you know, one thing that is really coming to my mind right now is the connection of this again back to the noble goal. Mm -hmm. you, you, you talked about something that, quite frankly, Leanne, you're mining the gold that was in you. Now, maybe 10 mm -hmm. years ago, that would have been a feudal mining expedition, right? But in that moment, in that time, the birth of that idea, uh, it was the right time. And I think, <clears throat> you know, again, if I could say it as advice to our audience, if, if it, it goes back to what you said at the very beginning, right underneath our nose. I mean, it's right inside of you, right? Mm -hmm. um, and what you described Again, once again, for those who might wonder, well, it's easy for you to... No, no, no. What you described, Leanne, was not easy. I mean, I, I, I can't imagine that you said, uh, honey, uh, I'd like you to just sit there because I'm going to tell you about this wonderful book idea I have. It's going to yeah. be this. It's going to be that. And once we get home, I'll turn on my Mac and I'll type out all of the different details. I'll have the budget. I'll have the plan. We'll have this out by... It no. was so messy. No, it was just the opposite. Yeah. And it was so yeah. unsuspecting and crazy. I was even saying, this mm -hmm. is crazy. Yep. I don't even understand, but I've just got to follow this. Yeah. And the uh, you had mentioned something like, um, it's not easy and it's hard to find our noble goals. But you know what? Sometimes other people see it before we do. Mm. And we, because um, the opposite of just what we were talking about earlier, where you know you you come upon your your noble goal and people give you the hairy eyebrow. Yeah. Sometimes it can happen the opposite way. People are telling you, your mm. noble goal is this. It's this simple. You're you're a storyteller. Have you have you had that happen to you in that way? Kind of. My parents said you you need to be a writer, and that was back in high school. Wow. And college area, and they're like, I'm really surprised you didn't do that. You know. 
And it hit me like a ton of bricks because I'm like, okay, the one thing that Stephen Pressfield says is the most important thing that you're supposed to do in the world is the thing you're going to resist the most with all of your with Ooh. all of your might, you will resist it. <laughs> okay, check. Now that makes it. Now it all kind of comes together. <laughs> you'll run away from it for whatever reason. I don't even understand. So, okay, Leanne. So, from when you're saying that, then that maybe is a clue for people, right? Yes, exactly. And that's what I want to. Okay. I want people to listen to this because I want people to to search a little bit, listen to what other people have said about you. And you may not like it because again, it's not like the, um, you're an Olympic gold medalist. <laughs> you're, you know, the best drummer in the world. Yep. It's not going to be that, uh, you know, pomp and circumstance. It's going to be kind of like be daunting, right? Well, it could be daunting, right? It could be very scary mm -hmm. and it could also be very boring sounding to you. Like, like, why would I do that? Or, like, man, that doesn't sound very interesting. That's, not, that's what I got. I mean, like, oh, I, right, I got like Charlie Brown, right. I got a rock. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? Yeah, absolutely. And it could be a little bit disappointing because maybe you're framing it in a different way. You're you're expecting something so much more exciting. Mm -hmm. And you're overlooking. But, again, that that's one way of looking at it. Or, to your point, it could be daunting. It could be so scary. You don't even know where to start with that. Yeah. You know, I mean, it just depends on what it is that's been laid on your lap. Yeah, that quote, man, it's it's hauntingly good. Let me find the exact quote while you're. Yeah, as I. It's uh, that good. It it is <laughs> it is, and I think um, for those of you in the audience, um, this idea of the noble goal. We when I use terms, uh, Leanne, like it's hard work, it's not easy. That's not to have you shy away. I just want you to understand that it is work well worth doing. And as I have been using more and more in our interactions with clients is that, you know, at the end of the day, you're worth the work. You yeah, are. You, you are worth the work. And you, you know that deep inside that you are because you're, you're searching so hard for it. I mean, mm. you feel a little hollow. You're like, you're, you're trying to find it. You're on this quest that it's put in all of us to find it, you know, and um, we fill it with all kinds of different things if we can't, you know, we, and we run away from it. But this, this quote here, it is exactly, um, okay. the more important a call or action is to our soul's evolution, the more resistance we will feel toward pursuing it. That's Stephen Pressfield, War of Art. And I'm going to ask our producer, Brett, to get that in the show notes, because that's, uh, that's a money quote. Um, and I say that somewhat selfishly, Leanne, because that, that describes a lot for me. Um, yeah. Right? So many people resonate with it. I put that out on my um, social media page, and surprisingly, so many people are like, oh, I feel this in my soul. I'm like, of course you do, because that, yeah. that's what we're striving to find. Yeah, you're, you're, that, that's like someone who just hits that symbol, you know? And it's yeah. like that, you know what I mean? And maybe only certain people tune into that frequency either. That's the other thing. Yes. Because not everyone's ready for the weight of their goal. And, you know, or even wanting, it's not the right time for them. Yeah. I'm going gonna, uh, I'm, I'm gonna to touch on one more thing, and, and then I want to get your thoughts on 2021 and creativity. Um, I know for me... Um, you know, I use that analogy of looking around uh, and seeing the, you know, societal pressure, the company and all the rest, right? 
And I can't say enough how important it is to remember that, to your point, right, points. You're not going to get everybody to just stand up and applaud and say, oh, we've been waiting and this is going to be <laughs> awesome. And you're just wonderful. Right. You will have some folks in that in that area. The and right, that'll be the great. Right folks. The right. right folks. Yeah, exactly. You know, um, <laughs> it's kind of funny. You know, my daughter uh, who's finishing up college and we were talking and she was kind of concerned about, you know, how fast she'll land a job out of college. Right. Yeah, type thing. So much pressure. And I said. Well, one thing you can remember, and I said, even though I don't like to admit it, I've had enough time on the road to know the people that love you don't care about titles, jobs, locations. They just care. They love you. Mm -hmm. And anybody who does care about that stuff, be careful. Right. Exactly. Be very careful because those aren't people in your corner. Um, so anyway. Right. Um, all right. Thoughts on Creativity. 2021, any things that have jumped out for you, personal <laughs> or even by observation of outside of you? Personally, I think 2021 has been a overload of creative output. I think 2020, you know, shocked everyone. Everyone was kind of quieted um, and stilled, you know, in whatever they were doing. Everything kind of mm -hmm. came to a standstill. Yep. People were processing a lot of uh, loss of all kinds mm -hmm. and um, confusion, information overload, and just everything came to a halt. And um, what I have seen, because I mean, I am an artist, so I've been like really leaning hard into the world of, um, you know, whatever that means. You know, I've been meeting with other artists. I've been right. uh, leaning hard into my craft or whatever. And I've heard the same thing repeated over and over. Everyone feels this surge, almost like a tree in wintertime. Like the tree looks like it's dormant and looks like it's dead. And, yeah. you know, you you think, oh, that's a that's a sleepy tree right there, not doing much, you know. Right. But you have no idea what's going on underneath that surface, like how much, um, you know, energy is being created and stored up just for that springtime explosion. Yeah. And I feel like this is 2020 was that dormant, you know, we look like we're dead. <laughs> Yeah, right. No one sees us moving. Yeah. And 2021 has been like an explosion and output of all of that um, creativity in not just the art world, but I mean, that's a great visual and example of it because, right. um, you know, you see that in an output, but um, I've seen it in other areas. So what's happening in other areas is more like a creative way of work-life balance. And it's mm -hmm. like people are seeing they they've had a taste of like, wait a minute, I've, I'm at home and I've been I, I've seen a different way to work and a different um, and yet still option. be very effective in their work. Right. <laughs> and sometimes even more so. Right. Talk about, OK, I don't have an hour or two hours commute wasted where I'm not giving to the company. You know, you've got all these different areas i'm i'm a little more life balanced so i can actually give my you know give my work a little bit more you know of me myself and right. um especially those i mean you know there's some people that you really have to go into work to do your work i mean um sure but the this idea of um, i think is what we're seeing a little bit in this whole workforce of um demanding a little bit better of uh, work life balances um i see 
businesses closing for Christmas and Thanksgiving. And I'm going to tell you, I kind of like that. That's a great, weird, in my mind, that's creativity at work in a weird, different way. Like we don't look at it that way. We, we almost think it's like, oh, it's just necessity or it's a, it's a result of, you know, less people working or something like that. But I think there's some creativity in these solutions that are happening across the board. But that's just my take on it. That's a good take. This kind of leads me to um, sort of a, it's, it's attached to what you're saying. Um, and we talked a little bit about this before we went on uh, today. There's some people maybe are listening or maybe even got the beginning of it and said, no, I'm not, a, well, I'm not an artist. I'm not a creative. I'll, I'll just catch the next episode. Mm-hmm. So Leanne, is everyone an artist? Is everyone a creative? Do you think? So I do believe everyone's creative. Okay. And um, getting back to kind of what I was just saying, um, people are solving problems in such creative ways because of the lack of workforce and the lack of supplies chain things. You know, mm-hmm. people are solving problems in really creative ways. And you're seeing um, people. Could it um, be a case of where they're maybe not recognizing that it's creativity? They're just kind of just. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Okay. They're, they're just doers, you know, and they're, um, they're in that mindset of like, you know, I'm, I'm a logistics person because I'm saying that because I came from the logistics world, mm-hmm. supply chain management. I'm just doing it. I'm just getting it done. But you, what you're dismissing is that you're doing some really wild creative problem solving to get it done because you're doing it. You're getting things done in a way that you haven't gotten them done before. So maybe I'm being uh, a little bit uh, simplistic here. Uh, or maybe I'm I'm restating the obvious. Are we better at creativity when we are conscious of it than we are of just well I just do it because that's what we had to do. You know what I mean? I don't know. That's a really good question. Because um, I mean, part of me says if I'm if I recognize that this is creativity that's leading me to supply uh, to solve a supply chain issue, then maybe I can go to that more intentionally than if I go, I call it creativity, call it stupidity. I don't care. I'm just getting it done. Yeah. Okay. And maybe that's my perspective. I, I don't know. I'm, it just came to my mind. I, I do wonder. think, I do think you're probably right about that because um, I'm going to mention Gerard Puccio, the, um, he's a professor at Buffalo oh, yes. State. And he did, he's, he's dedicated his whole life to studying creativity. This very, I mean, he's mm-hmm. created a, um, a degree in creativity. Like you can. <laughs> when you mentioned that before we went on, I'm thinking, now that's a degree for me. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> and it, it, it's wild. But no, he, he did some studies. Like he has years of studying and put into this white papers behind it or whatever. And mm-hmm. um, he his uh, findings were something, um, I'm going to paraphrase this. So yeah. basically groups that were subjected to just even uh, – slight amount of critical thinking um, skills Mm -hmm. and and a little bit of training. Like we're talking probably, you know, a two, three hour workshop or something like that. You know, here's some creative tools and and ways to, you know, Mm -hmm. um, brainstorm creatively and that kind of stuff like that. Right. He found that groups that had just the, even a little bit of that produced something like, uh, 200 and I will just say that number 200 
and 50% more ideas than a group that didn't have that kind of mindset and training. Mm-hmm. So I think there is definitely something to being allowed um, and leaning into your creativity because it, it is a little bit of a brave path. And, right. and believe it or people may not look at it like that, but if you're given a key to unlock this, go to go to go into this area that, because a lot of us, we want to stay on the path of the safe path. Mm-hmm. And this is the way we've done it. This is the way we've always done it. You got that neural pathway. That, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And um, some people are just creative and, and solving problems without realizing they're tapping into that creativity. But I think to your point, if you're given the tool set and the kind of like the green light mm-hmm. to be creative, like, okay, now go do something wild. Just get it done. I don't care how you get it done. Just get mm-hmm. it done. Break some rules or whatever. Yep. I do believe, and and this and his study shows that um, it absolutely does unlock more creativity when you're kind of aware of it. Right, and then therefore better results, better productivity, all those different things that most employers say that they they crave. Right. Oh yeah, and that's the other interesting thing in his studies, um, like eighty about eighty eight to ninety percent of work. Um, places out there have um, creativity in their mission statement, the word of creativity somehow in there. Mm-hmm. They did a survey and they studied, um, like, let's lean into this a little bit more. They found out that of, uh, you know, the 90% of the mission statements out there that have creativity in their world, they said, how many managers feel like um, you're using creativity, you know, in your job mm-hmm. um and i think it's something around 50 percent felt like they were you know doing something creative in their job role or whatever and then they went one step farther into the workforce like you know below like mm-hmm. the doers and about 25 percent of them believed that they were um, wow, utilizing creativity off. yeah from 90 percent saying they wanted it and they honored mm-hmm. it versus 25 yep. percent feeling the that creative. they have it and that really says there's a disparage there. Yeah. So we're craving creativity, and we want to say it, it's almost like a uh, a word that we throw around. And that's why the other point you said: Do you think if we're aware of creativity that we makes us more creative? I think if you're just using the word, then no. I think you have to practice what you're saying, just like anything. So if your mission statement says, "Hey, we value creativity," that ain't enough. It is not enough. You have to figure out ways to implement that. And you have to give your workforce some room and space and permission to be creative. And that is a scary pathway in some ways. So you have to figure out what are the um, ways that we're going to implement that. And what, what, I'm curious, what would you say are some of the scary parts of that? What, what scares, maybe it's middle management, maybe it's senior level management when and pertaining to what you're saying. What's scary? There's a couple different things. Scary is that we're going to do things different. Right. And, you know, like that could, that could, if this is the way we've always done it, it's very uncomfortable for certain people to, you know, like, well, that's not, that's not the, that's not the way they harried at it, you know, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, we're threatened by that. We're threatened by change. You know, there's a correlation, and I'm sorry, Leanne, you just said something that made me think about um, optimism. Mm -hmm. It's one of the competencies in our model of EQ is that that's a key connector to innovation, Yes. right? And and this idea that 
if you are confronted with doing things differently and you 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 put the hand up if you will and yep. say no we're not doing that type thing there's probably a correlation at the level of optimism in the organization too you hit the nail on the head and did i say that right cuz i get those things wrong i think you did <laughs> <laughs> um so again it comes back to that fear um like so some people are just like just at, adverse to change, you know, like they don't like the change, but there's something bigger at work here. They're afraid of the innovation part. Innovation is, that's how we get cures in the world. Okay. Like Mm -hmm. without that. Um, But some people are, whether it's an abuse of power, you know, or fearful, like, you know, uh, just not good leadership, you know, insecurities, those, there's so many reasons why people would want to squelch you know, keep creativity in these little pockets. Like, uh, wow, if that gets out, that's maybe the thing they're thinking, that's a really good idea. If that gets out, that he might have my job. And Leanne, you, you just hit on that. And I'm just thinking of the person who, when they tried to be creative, they were squelched, they were squashed. And like anything, um, you might be hit twice before you'll get to a place where you'll say, I'm not taking that risk again. You, you just shut up and you do your job and yeah. you stay in your lane. And it's a yeah. shame. I've been there myself. And I I've have seen, as well. Yeah. There, there was a corporation I worked for and, and that was, it was a fear-based yeah. uh, leadership yeah. and creativity so just you, escaped. Like it, it left. Yeah. <laughs> and literally left. Like yeah. everyone left. Yeah. Like mass exodus, right? <laughs> So Leanne, I, and I think about that, you know, well, what if I am that leader who has historically like squashed creativity? I've, 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 I've used a fear-based mm-hmm. approach. Um, I, I guess I think about those folks and I go, well, if you have an awakening and I'm not going to go as bold to say that today's the day they listen to our podcast with oh, sure. Leanne and they changed their <laughs> mind. But if at some point, if there's that awakening, <clears throat> I think one of the best things a leader can do is to say, I got it wrong and I'm sorry. The and, best and hardest. Yeah. I, I, I got it wrong and I'm sorry. And I'm going to do differently. I'm, I'm working on doing it differently. That leader might be surprised at how much the risk aversion that people have to taking on something that's creative, it won't disappear because no. you, you, it is not an overnight thing. I said, I'm sorry. And then all of a sudden I'm willing to trust you. It does. You're, you're rebuilding. You're, you're that's filling back up an account that's in deficit. Right. right. Um, but I thought about that and I, I thought that was important to note because um, I do believe there are some organizations, some leaders in these organizations that go, we got it wrong. We, 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 have, we use an approach that uh, obviously squelched creativity, um, but it also hampered our ability to sort of build that engagement with our people. Mm-hmm. So as we get kind of close to the end, which <clears throat> it always blows my mind when we talk to you, it's just like, wait a minute, we just started five minutes ago. Um, so we're just going to say Leanne's going to be a regular guest. Then we don't have to have part three, part four and all that. So if you're good with that, Leanne, uh, you're going to be a regular guest. Um, so 
when it comes to um let's put ourselves in the position of someone who maybe says some of the things that you and I've been talking about is a little scary. And maybe they they pull you aside. Maybe they send you an email later today, Leanne, and say, "Hey, I like what you talk about and stuff, but it's a little and it makes me a little nervous." What, what would you say to them? Good, it's a good place to be because that, um, just like we were talking about the symbol, only some people hear it. Yeah, you know, and it catches them at the, just the right the moment. If you're a manager and this has hit you in a way that you're like, "Oh, that's uncomfortable." and maybe you want to do something about it, that's the best place to be right there is because that means now there's the ability to change. Yeah. Um, and it's going to take work, of course, but the good news is, just like I was talking, creativity is an exhaustible resource. There. It's there. It, there's so much out there and, and available, and, um, you know, like that's a great – that's a great place to start is just admitting that yeah. because now there's progress that can be made because until that acknowledgement and that enlightenment happens in a heart, in a, in a brain, no change will happen. Mm. So, you know, and man, that's a celebration. That's great. That's great. That's great. Well, Leanne, once again, we so appreciate you coming in and joining us for this episode. And uh, for those of you in the audience, we'll have much information for you to have relating to Leanne and to some of the things we talked about today in the show notes. And we appreciate you joining us. We look forward to the next time. Take care. Hi, everyone. This is Eric Pennington with The Spirit of EQ. I'm not introducing a new episode today. I'm here to tell you some things that might help you. Jeff, you're with me as always. So how do people get in touch with us? Well, the best way is just send us an email at info at spiritofeq.com. That's awesome. Jeff, I was also thinking about reviews, and I'm notoriously bad at asking for them, so... Reviews on all of the platforms, wherever you get your podcasts. Yes. Do you think that'd be good? I think that would be great because, one, that will help us learn how to make better ones. And it's always good for us. So to we're, hear. we're not the perfect podcast host? We're close. Okay. All but, right. But, but not, still, not totally we want perfect. your feedback. We want your feedback. But it'll, it also might uh, let us know a new subject. Hey, we need to dig deeper into that. Yeah. So let us know what you think. Cool. We really appreciate that. As always, too, there is social media, LinkedIn, Facebook, and we also have a YouTube channel. Those also have mechanisms or or options for you to be able to leave a comment, a like, or those kind of things. Just want to make sure that you know how to get in touch with us. Right, Jeff? Right. We appreciate you all. Thank you. Once again, we really appreciate you tuning in today. One of the things that Jeff and I want to bring to your attention as well is that when we created this podcast, it was not intended to take the place of a clinician. In other words, if you find yourself in a place where there's something deeper going on or something that you cannot solve on your own, we do recommend that you reach out to a clinician of some sort. This podcast is purely opinion-based and it is rooted in the desire to help you along your path in whatever way we can. However, it is never going to replace, nor should it ever be 
looked at as a replacement for clinical help in any way. Thanks again for tuning in.